Hello and welcome again to the Fellowcast. Today we have another Bring Your Own Bible episode. These are coming in thick and fast in the last couple of weeks. And today we are in chapter 30 all the way through to 32 of the book of Genesis. And Pastor Garth will be focusing, honing in on the life of Jacob in these chapters. It's really interesting to, to listen along and to be able to get an insight into the life of someone in Scripture. I don't think we often read Scripture, scripture this way that we, we focus on the character as much. We, we try to often see the big picture and we forget about the, the real life people involved in these stories. So I'm excited about this episode and really great challenge for us as well in, in the life of Jacob and being with God and, and how we can relate to God and how, what we can learn from the like life of Jacob in these aspects. So enjoy this episode with Pastor Garth. Here we go. Thank you, Valdu. We're about to see Jacob leave his father-in-law. And I just have to say, man, <laughs> I really enjoy Jacob. Um, he's a colorful character. He's really like a Peter. He gets up to mischief, gets himself into trouble, but uh, God loves this man. His engagement, his honest engagement with, with God himself and his desire to push in for things. Uh, he's a lovely character. And we're about to see his character change in this part of the story. He's about to leave his uh, father-in-law Laban. Um, for the first seven years, he worked to earn the right to marry uh, what he thought would be Rachel. And his father-in-law deceived him. He married Lee. Sadly, then a week later, he marries the second daughter, Rachel, the one that he always wanted. And we saw in last week that the, she's the one that he, the only one he ever loved out of what would be eventually four wives. This is the only one that received love from him. And it caused his family uh, great harm, real heartache. But now he comes to Laban and he says to him, listen, um, I've got these two wives, but I haven't earned anything else for the work that I've been doing for you. And now it's 14 years done, but I'm still working for you. So what will be my payment? And Laban says to him, well, what do you suggest? Obviously, you've been thinking about this. And Jacob said, yes, um, let me earn wages from you. And uh, let it be in this way. So he makes this whole proposition and it's a whole complicated story where he says it comes down to uh, let's pick a particular color or pattern of goat. Uh, the one whose skins or, or with, with, whose hair has a particular pattern. In other words, striped or speckled, something like that. Let them be mine. And the others who don't have stripes and speckles all over their body, let them be yours. And the idea is so that Laban at any time can come to the flock and can see, oh, 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 no, that one doesn't have stripes or speckled. That one's mine. Give him back to me. Um, so Laban agreed, and then they separated out of the flock, out of Laban's flock, they separated all the striped and speckled ones, and that would be then Jacob's. And they put a three-day journey between these two flocks. In other words, to make absolutely sure that these guys don't get mixed up. So Jacob's is his and Laban's is his. But Laban then continued um, to have Jacob look after his flock because it would later say that Laban realized that the Lord is blessing him because of this man. Since this man, Jacob, came to his household and started to look after his things, everything entrusted to him 
is blessed and it prospers. This is the same that we would hear later with Joseph, the same that we would hear with Daniel. Um, so this is a common trait. A man who serves God, who is blessed by God, is a blessing to his employer. He's a blessing wherever he is, and his employer will recognize that blessing on his life. So now these things are divided, but then chapter 30 tells us this whole scheme that Jacob then goes into. Um, that he realizes, man, but I want more striped and speckled goats. How am I going to do this? And in order to try and make it happen, he then in the mating season takes sticks, um, uh, branches that he then clears off part of the bark so that the white of the branch shows as stripes or speckles on these branches. And these branches he then puts um, there where the, the goats would go and drink water. And that's obviously the place where they would congregate. All the goats would get together. So in mating season, that's where most of the mating would happen. And he placed it so that uh, if the female goats would go and drink, then there they will be mated while looking at these branches that are striped or speckled. And the idea is that in his mind, uh, it would somehow then produce a striped or a speckled goat that's going to be born because they were conceived looking at these things. Um, now, scientifically, we know that's not the case. But either way, God still blesses him. So I believe in Jacob's mind, then he's thinking, man, I'm, I'm making this happen. I've figured something out. But in fact, it's just God that is blessing him, that is allowing him to have more goats. His flocks are increasing, Laban's flocks are decreasing in number. And finally, in chapter 31, it comes to this climax where um, Jacob heard Laban's sons complaining and saying that Jacob has taken everything our father has owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father, because this is obviously their inheritance. Jacob's getting more and more wealthy, and they, with their father, are becoming more and more poor. Their flocks are shrinking, but Jacob's flocks are increasing. In chapter 31, though, keep in mind that it says that God revealed to Jacob through a dream that this must be his wages, that this is what he must ask for from Laban, these striped and speckled goats. And later on, in the conflict between the two of them that's going to erupt, um, Jacob actually says, but listen, you changed my wages several times. Um, first, it's the speckled ones, and then it's the ones without speckled, and then it's the striped ones, and then it's the one without. But every time, come, um, come the time for the new flock to be born, sure enough, what is Jacob's wages, whatever Laban agreed to, whatever it changed to, is what God born. So God wanted to bless him. God wanted to increase uh, what he gives to Jacob. But then because of this conflict with the sons that are getting angry at Jacob and jealous at how wealthy he gets, Jacob realizes it's time to leave. And the Lord actually speaks to him and says to him, Jacob, you have to go back to your own country. And he calls his uh, wives and he says to them, listen, you know that your father has been unfair towards me in this time. And um, everything that your father has, he's been giving to me. God has been giving to me. And therefore, it's time to go. And they agree. They say, yes, yes, we will. Um, but we, we don't want to stay here. 
And so they pack up their things. It's deceptive from Jacob's side. And um, then they leave. But because they are staying a distance away from Laban, uh, it takes a couple of days because, before Laban actually realizes Jacob is gone with my daughters, with everything that he possesses, and with my grandchildren. He's upped and left without even greeting. And so in anger, he gets a bunch of his men together and he chases after Laban. Oh, he chases after Jacob. And when he catches up to him, um, Jacob is defensive. He says, well, what have I done? Why do you come chasing after me like this? And he says, but listen, you've got my daughters, you've got my grandkids. All this time you've been with me, why do you just up and leave without allowing them the, the, the privilege to greet me and for me to bless them? And besides, he then gives them this, uh, this accusation. He says, you have stolen my house gods, my idols. And this is the first time that we hear about Laban's idols, that he worships these house gods that he has made. And they must be quite tiny little things, actually, uh, because we'll see just now how they are hidden. Well, Jacob knows nothing about this. He says, what? I've never stolen anything from you. Um, look around between my stuff. Um, and if you find it, let the one who you find with, be guilty and punished. And sure enough, Laban splits up his people and they go around through all the tents and all the bags and look for the stuff. And when Laban comes to into his daughter Rachel's tent, he finds her sitting down uh, on something like a couch. And uh, she asks for forgiveness because it would be a sign of respect to stand up in her dad's presence. But she says, please forgive me for sitting down, but um, it's my period. Uh, therefore, I cannot stand. And it's a lie. He looks around and he goes out, finds Jacob. <laughs> Rachel took the house guards before they left. Uh, she wanted to bring it with her. And then when her dad came into the tent before he came, she hid it under where she was sitting and she sat down on top of it. Um, and then made this excuse so that he won't find it. And then... When Laban comes out to meet Jacob after searching through all these things, Jacob is angry. He says, listen, have you found it? You made this accusation. Have you found it? And Laban says, no. <laughs> and then he actually tells Jacob an interesting thing. He says, um, last night, before rushing in on you like this, the Lord spoke to me and he warned me. He says, do not say anything harsh to Jacob. Um, neither good or bad. In other words, don't open your mouth against this guy uh, because he's with me. So be careful how you're going to treat him because God is for him. And um, there they then made this peace treaty and they actually uh, piled up a bunch of stones as a memorial to this meeting and said, neither of them will ever pass this boundary to go and make war with one another. There will be this peace between Jacob's descendants and Laban's descendants from here on out. Now, to some extent, that was actually broken later because the Assyrians came and made war against the Israelites, uh, which passed that border. It was from the territory where Laban stayed to the territory where the Israelites were. Whether you can say that it's Laban's people, that's another story. But from there on then, Jacob's moves down to Israel. 
And then as he comes close to Israel, he's obviously realizing, listen, last time I left home, my brother was so angry with me, he wanted to kill me. And now I need to go and meet with him again. And so the Lord meets with Jacob on the way. One night when he camps, um, he sees angels uh, at that place where he is camping. And um, the Lord allowed them to see it. And he said, surely this is the camp of God. So God allowed Jacob to see, listen, you're not going home alone. I'm with you. My angels are protecting you along the way. Nevertheless, being the schemer that he is, he realizes, man, I need to do something to pacify my brother because he's going to meet me and maybe he's still angry and maybe he's going to kill me. And so he gets his servants together and he gathers this massive gift that he starts sending ahead of him to Esau. First of all, he sends a messenger ahead to warn Esau, I'm coming, I'm coming to meet you. The messenger comes back and he says to Jacob, listen, I told your brother the, the message and your brother is coming to you with 400 men. Whoa, Evaldo, that's scary. What's the picture that he's seeing? He's, he's seeing my brother is coming to make war against me. My brother is coming to wipe me out with an army of 400 men. And so he gathers this gift together um, and he sends it in portions ahead of him. And it's a massive gift. Consider, I mean, this is, this is like a farm of animals. Um, it's 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, with their young. I mean, that's a massive flock of camels. 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. And each of these he put with a servant and he says, go ahead. Go and meet my brother as he's heading towards me with those 400 men. And as you reach him and he asks, whose animals are these? Who are you? Where are you coming from? Tell him, they belong to your servant, Jacob. And they are a gift sent to my Lord, Esau. And he's coming behind us. Just this humbling statement. I'm coming as a servant to you, my Lord. This is not the Jacob who left so many years ago. This is not him. It's probably like 21 years ago by now. This is not the same Jacob. This is a humbled man coming to desire making peace with his brother. Well, these gifts are going up ahead. And then after these gifts and the flocks and the everything goes in front, he splits up his family. First of all, the two um, servants that he married with their sons are in the front. And then comes Lee with her sons and her one daughter after them. Then comes Rachel with Joseph. And ahead of this family, his wives and his children, he goes. But the night before he would meet his brother, he sends all of these across the Jabbok River. And then he stays the night all alone on the other side of the river by himself. And this is such a powerful image. This man who has, through all sorts of means, gained all these things. He's returning a wealthy man with all these kids, with these wives. Suddenly spends this night all by himself. 
with a river dividing him and all his things and all his people. And at that moment, he meets with God. God himself comes to meet with Jacob. And he wrestles with Jacob. That's an interesting concept. He's physically wrestling with Jacob. And Jacob is wrestling with this man the whole night until just as the morning is about to come. Um, he holds him and he says, listen, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then it says, when the Lord saw that he could not overcome Jacob, he touched his hip and the joint went out. So it's not like God didn't have the strength. <laughs> it's not like God lost the, the battle of wrestling with Jacob. Um, he just by touching him disjointed his hip. And um, he said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm pushing in to get this blessing. That's the character of Jacob. Pushing, 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 always pushing in for more. And um, then the, the response from the Lord is, well, what's your name? And he says, Jacob. He says, well, your name will no longer be Jacob. You will be called Israel because you have struggled with men and with God and have overcome. In other words, you've been pushing in and pushing in and pushing in. Um, it, Israel means struggling with God, wrestling with God. And then, um, finally, the, the angel of the Lord blessed him, and he left him. And Jacob, the next morning, as the sun came up, crossed the river with a hip that couldn't walk properly. And for the rest of his life, that would be uh, a hamstring to him, something that kept being there, a problem in his body. So next time we'll get to the actual meeting with Esau, which is a beautiful, beautiful encounter. So we'll sort of leave it here as a cliffhanger. But the story for me is this meeting with God. After all these possessions, I think every one of us have to come to a place where we sort of have to send things across the river and just be alone with God. Just be alone with God. And whatever is in our heart, to allow that wrestle to come to God to bring it to God who is able to deal with that in our lives. Let that be the challenge out of the story today for us. Thank you very much, Valdi. Sure, such a, such a great challenge for us at the end there, Pastor Garth. Really appreciate that. And to know that God isn't afraid of our wrestles and our struggles. He knows them even before we bring them to, to Him. And such a great les lesson to learn from the life of Jacob as well. So I trust that you've been encouraged. I trust that this will encourage you to go before God, be alone with God and, and, and even wrestle with God on the things that, that we carry or with the things that we carry in our hearts, maybe even towards Him. So may you be blessed as you've listened to this and as you go into the rest of your day or even if you go to bed after you've listened to this, may you be blessed and really experience God's presence in your life. Until next time, bye-bye.